0: I'm Sharunas Bachelunas, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience.
1: You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 213. I'm your host, Jelena Levin, and joining me today is my co host, Pontus Bochman. Hey,
2: son, hey, sir, no Andras today.
1: So, yeah, he's in Thailand on different time zones. I
2: believe it will be three o'clock
1: in the morning. Is Something silly is. like that, yeah. yeah he's, yeah. he's uh, yeah.
2: Nobody wants to listen that uh, Andras <laughs> like he is at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> three in the morning, yes, no, correct. No, no, no. So, we're doing you a favor, people, by excluding yeah. him this week.
1: But also, we've got uh, quite a good show prepared. It's going to be a Double feature, double interview show mm-hmm. with two very interesting people. Yeah. So the first interview will be with Sharunas Baciliunas, who is a Lithuanian skeptic. Wow. Or rather, he's heading the Lithuanian skeptics, which is very exciting. We're very excited to have him on the show. Sharunas started an association called Lithuanian Skeptic Youth. So mm-hmm. the youth is an important part. So okay.
2: Yeah. There was a point there that I felt a little bit excluded, <laughs> but uh, no, he's a very nice guy. Uh, uh,
1: No, they're doing amazing work, so. Yeah. The other interview, Pontus. Yeah, the other
2: interview is somebody we've talked uh, with before. It's Turi Munte, who is the man behind what was once called Parli, but now it's called Parlia. And that's an encyclopedia of opinions. We talked with him in January last year, and uh, now there have been some development That'll be very interesting to follow up. The The aim with that one is to build a, a database of all opinions imaginable. Everything pro and everything con about everything. And that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, so very two very interesting interviews. Unless, Pontus, you have anything else in the ways of updates no, no. Uh, on your side, um, I suggest we jump right into it.
2: Yeah, let's go to Lithuania first.
1: Every now and then, we interview someone who might be interesting to our listeners and skeptics around Europe, either by representing a country or a project stretching across borders. With us now, we have Sharunas Baciliunas, who is active in the Association of Lithuanian Skeptic Youth. Sharunas, welcome to the ESP.
0: Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, good that it's you great can make to have it. you, Fi- yes.
1: finally the first representative of the Baltic states.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Present company excluded, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, because... but, well, I, f-
1: I, I think of myself as um, a citizen of the world now. So.
2: <laughs> yes, of course.
1: So um, not all our listeners are European. In fact, a big percentage of our listeners uh, is uh, is American. Okay. And um, therefore, I thought it would be a good idea, before we begin, uh, if you can tell us a few words about Lithuania as a country. Where it is, how big it is, etc. Just so so that people have an idea of of what we're talking about.
0: Okay, well, Lithuania is one of the Baltic countries. It's Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, the three main Baltic countries that are located near the Baltic Sea. Lithuania has uh, less than 3 million people uh, living uh, right now. We are in love with basketball. (laughs) We are really good at basketball. We've beaten the USA a couple of times.
1: No way! We have, yeah.
0: Great! Yeah, one Lithuanian just played at the uh, All Star Games. Arvidas ah. Sabonis. He's the son of, oh, the famous Arvidas Sabonis. People who follow basketball will know for sure who is uh, Arvidas Sabonis. Wow! <laughs> Welcome to the basketball uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I I think I'll take it back what I said about Americans not knowing about Lithuania. Hey. Yeah,
2: <laughs> maybe they know more than we do.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, other than that, Lithuania has a lot of nature. It's a beautiful country. There's a lot of woods, like lakes, that you can go and, you know, spend some leisure time. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a very old language. Lithuanian is uh, one of the oldest languages in the world. It has a lot of similarities to Sanskrit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, Lithuanian language and Latvian language are somewhat similar. I can see that the letters you're using and... Um...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Latvian and Lithuanians. Sometimes can communicate, yeah, with huh. simple simple sentences.
1: Okay, good.
0: So, so
2: what city do you live in, or are you in at the moment?
0: I live in Konas. It's the second largest city in Lithuania, next to the capital, Vilnius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been traveling a lot in, in my life, but I've decided that I want to stay in Konas, in Lithuania. Two years ago, I started the Lithuanian Skeptic Youth Organization. Yeah, and I want to you know be the pre- representative, the, the leader who is pushing the skepticism, critical thinking here in Lithuania, because there aren't many people who are doing this. So, and yeah. I see the need for it. So,
2: yeah, that was uh, kind of the reason we wanted to talk to you. So, how did you? How did that start? How did you become interested in that? And tell us a little bit about your your background as well.
0: Okay, so my background, I'll keep it short. Maybe I just I grew up in a. I would say average family, I had two older brothers. Throughout youth, I was always active into sports, into you know doing new things. At the university, I've really got interested into critical thinking, skepticism, mm-hmm. just to the whole religious beliefs. I didn't grow up in a really religious-like family. But all around me, I saw many people who were actually religious and were going to church every Sunday and, you know, doing everything by the book, by the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really interested in it. Why are people doing so? Why are some people believing in some things, others believing in other ways? Then I started reading, I started reading, you know, Dawkins, Hitchens. Mm-hmm. One big moment in my life was when I wrote an email to Peter bogosian
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I wrote him an email like five years ago. Right. Just after reading his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists. It really touched me. I don't know. It resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I wrote him an email saying that I'm grateful for the book, that it I mean, changed my point of view in life and, and so on. And he wrote me back. I also wrote in the email that, could you give me a suggestion? What should I do in order to you know, promote common sense, critical thinking and so on? to this day i remember that he wrote a short email back saying that he's grateful for the email and uh, i should find some organization that is already doing some, something like this and ask mm-hmm. them how i can be you know be of service to them and the last sentence was uh, but remember be patient always have <laughs> patience uh-huh. I was really happy that he just wrote me back. And then, like, a few years after, there was a conference of rationalists organized by de Morocco.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: yep.
0: We've had him yeah. on the show,
2: actually, yeah. several years ago, yeah.
0: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I, so, yeah, we, three years ago, I we went to the conference in Thailand, and I asked him that, look, I'm finishing university. I finished uh, project management, a bachelor's degree. And I asked him, how can I maybe do an internship or or something with you? I I, I like the work you do. So we established a four-month internship with Sunil. Aha. And uh, ever since, we kept some contact. After the four months, I came back to Lithuania. Then a year after, I started uh, my own uh, Lithuanian Skeptic Youth Organization.
1: Wow, that's amazing! So, how uh, how big is it? I mean, it's it's only young, really. If you think uh, about the scale of other organizations, how long they've been around? Do you, how many members do you have?
0: Well, last week we created our own T-shirts, like for the team. So we had thirteen T-shirts. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some people I do you know coming and going. We're not, yeah. uh, but there's around ten active people at the moment.
1: And do you have a Facebook group?
0: A Facebook page.
1: Pa- Facebook page, yeah.
0: So it has uh, almost a 2- thousand nine hundred likes.
1: I was gonna say that this page probably will attract a bit more traffic. Yeah. Than, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. So so when you started this, uh, when a, a couple of years ago or a year ago yeah, or? Two thousand
0: eighteen, January twenty second.
2: Okay. So you have the, that was the birth date of the Lithuanian date, skeptics. Yes. Very good. Were you the only one behind it, or did you have already a couple of other colleagues founding it together with you?
0: Yes, yes. I had. We need to have at least three people to mm-hmm. establish an uh, association. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I talked to my friends, told them, told them that we should be doing this. We can. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities so that we can do. We there's this Erasmus program, other mm-hmm. programs that we can, you know, op- apply with projects and, and and do something for the society.
1: So for those who don't know, Erasmus is a, is a funding, right? You can apply for.
0: Yeah, Erasmus is a uh, abroad, like uh, European Union uh, program. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have different types of projects that they can uh, fund. Some are, you know, long-term university changes so that you can go study for another university. But how we really like using it is that we write a project yeah. that would be, let's say, a 8- or 10-day project. We have partners all around the Europe those partners would send young people over 18 to to Lithuania then we have already prepared program so they spend the 8 days here uh, in Lithuania and we deliver workshops on the topic of critical thinking
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. That's a really great way to use the funds. I worked in university, so I am aware of Rasmus funds. and But I didn't know that organizations like yours can actually use it to put together something like this, educational programs. That's excellent.
2: Yeah. Yes, uh, I, I noticed the organization is called Lithuanian Skeptic Youth. Uh, does that mean mm-hmm. that old farts like me are not welcome? Or <laughs> how, how does it work?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's targeted at youth. Yeah. But we are also, like, uh, organizing uh, Skeptics of the Pub events. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, everyone is welcome. Mm -hmm.
2: Good.
1: And I'm I'm guessing you're targeting youth because you want to mold their thinking early. So you want to introduce the critical thinking when they're still young and uh, get them on the right path. Whereas what used to happen in our school certainly, in latvia is, is like the, you you just you used to learn something nobody was encouraging you to think for yourself and so mm. and by the time you're pontus's age it's too late Pontus.
2: it's
0: too late now i'm
1: i'm a
2: goner <laughs> you know that's too late don't focus on me
0: <laughs> yeah it's easier to, to you know change the minds of young people
2: mm-hmm. yeah so are you focusing mainly on of course your town of kunas is that the name how do you pronounce Konas. So are you focusing on that or are you trying to reach also to Vilnius and other places?
0: At the moment, most of our activities were happening in Konas, but right now we're getting more popular and more people are interested in the activities we are doing. So this year we're planning on organizing the Skeptics in the Pub events also in Vilnius and in Kleipeda. Oh, great.
1: (laughs) Before I forget, I want to say, well, first of all, of course, you know that Pontus uh, is also running um, a skeptics uh, organization in Sweden, which is very successful.
0: Uh, Hopefully we'll meet in person uh, in April. (laughs) Yes, we're coming to that. I think that would be
2: great.
1: And I also want to mention, before I forget, guys from Ratio organization who are running super successful events throughout the year in Bulgaria, Sofia. We need to get you in touch with them as well, because I think they'll be able to also help you kind of map out some of the things that can be done as well. So yeah,
2: Lubo is, is a, a great guy. He is very, very good at organizing things. And, uh, and
1: and I think he his background is marketing and project management as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, so yeah. he might give you some hints. And if you're doing all these events, am I right in assuming this is all happening in English?
0: I mean, the international the, projects, are yes in the parts, English, yeah, yeah. they're being done in English.
2: Mm-hmm. But the skeptics in the pub talks, if you have that's those, that, that's yeah. in local language, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, sandal is coming uh, this month, so then we'll do the, in English. He doesn't speak Lithuanian. <laughs> not <so> yet, no. <laughs> not yet, no. International speaker, then the language is English.
2: And and that would be okay. All the people coming would understand English.
0: Yeah, Lithuanians understand English easily. It's not a problem. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: Yeah,
0: yeah
1: great. I, th- I think it's across all mm-hmm. Baltic states. Um, the English... Lessons in school were pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah It's just good.
2: But, but since this is a podcast, after all, uh, have you or your friends listened to a lot of podcasts? Because there are quite a few good podcasts out there in English. Mm-hmm.
0: I like to listen to uh, Sam Harris' podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing his t-shirt right now. Okay, there you go, <laughs> me oh, up. Oh, yes! Yeah, yeah.
1: Excellent, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I also listen to Sean Carroll's Mindscape, I think, that's the name. Mm-hmm. The physicist Sean Carroll. Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> of
3: course,
0: okay.
1: well, let's... Uh... <laughs>
0: Honestly, I prefer English podcasts than Lithuanians.
2: Yeah. so so in Lithuania, what special issues do you focus on? I, I, you mentioned atheism. Uh, is that what you're focusing most on, or is there also other things?
0: I mean, we're focusing on you know the pseudoscience, like exposing the pseudoscience, <laughs> astrology, homeopathy, all the alternative medicines that, you know, are a big danger when people are, not, are using them instead of real medicine. Mm-hmm. Atheism is not really the big part in, in, what okay. in, in what we're doing. We're planning on doing more about atheism right now. We're preparing for a, a theater play that we're going to do. Sanal wrote the manuscript for, for the play. Wow. Yeah, we we just translated it into Lithuanian. Right. It, ins- it's going to be about Kazimeras Lichinskis. The first Lithuanian atheist.
2: Uh-huh. Right. Just pretend that we have never heard of him. <laughs> Give us the short version.
0: Have you heard of him? Or no, no, you? no, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so he lived at a time when Lithuania and Poland was uh, one country. He was writing in his own like house about why there's probably no God. Mm-hmm. And his neighbors stole the document, gave it to the Vilnius bishop, telling the bishop that, look, he's writing atheistic uh, script, uh, something about uh, atheism.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And then he, the Kazimierz, the Lithuanian guy, was imprisoned in Vilnius for some time. Then he was transferred to Warsaw. Then there was a big trial. The short end was he got his head cut off.
2: Yeah. Oh, just about how how long ago was this?
0: Yeah, it was uh, 1689.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Right. A
1: few hundred years so, ago, okay.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna promote it like... Uh, Casimirus was like the first hero of enlightenment. Ah. Before, you know, all uh, Rene Descartes, Rousseau, before Thomas Paine and then all of the others. Like, there was this Lithuanian guy... Wow. Yeah,
2: that's very interesting.
1: Who would have thought, right? I yeah. know, yeah. I've mm-hmm. never. I should r- probably know things like that because I I am from the Baltic states, but I've, I've also never heard of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in Poland, there's this play being done for six years now. Mm-hmm. The Polish people say he's Polish. The Belarusian <laughs> people say he's Belarusian. Lithuanians, we <laughs> say he's Lithuanian.
1: <laughs> All right. So, well, uh, I, mean, I mean, whoever claims him, it doesn't matter. The story still is a very good story to tell, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So. Is there anything special, do you think, from from your perspective, about being a skeptic in a former Soviet Republic, East European country?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I was born, you know, already in a free country, so I've never experienced Soviet times. I've only heard it from, you know, my parents yeah. and my, my brothers, my family. But I would say that there is a lot of association with communism when you're talking about atheism. Of course. Not specifically to skepticism or critical thinking, those things are fine. But when you say that something about atheism, at least the older generation get the idea it's somehow connected to communism.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I guess I saw a little bit of a transition when I was growing up in Latvia where the Iron Curtain fell and uh, there was no religion, you know, during the Soviet Union because, of course, Lenin or whoever was <laughs> was the god. Yeah. And then um, when uh, we were exposed to other countries, especially America, they flooded, well, certainly Latvia at the time, with their churches. And so the, the pastors from America would come and they would establish this New Age Christian churches all over. You know, the happy-clappy type, you know, that's singing (laughs) and dancing Mm -hmm, and collecting mm -hmm. the money. Was that something that happened in Lithuania as well?
0: I've seen some American churches, like, popping up. From where I live, in a three-kilometer radius, there's at least four American churches. Mm.
1: It's interesting. So that they probably just flooded the whole of the... Yeah, they probably
2: took the opportunity. I don't see that here in Sweden, for instance.
1: Ah, interesting. So you guys didn't didn't buy their their goodies <laughs> so tell us about what kind of activities you run in the organization so you mentioned the skeptics in the pub is one um is that like a, a weekly gathering
0: uh, the skeptics in the pub we're doing uh, once per month mm-hmm. last week we did one about sleep paralysis mm-hmm. the name of the event was demons or sleep paralysis yeah very good it was really interesting yeah We've also, like, managed uh, to get some really good speakers in the Skeptics in the Pub. There was uh, the Health Minister of Lithuania. Wow. Yeah, we were talking about anti-vaxxers. Ah, uh, yeah. This is strange for me. I've been talking about anti-vaxxers like five years ago at the scientific conference, and it's still coming back, this, like, and it's even getting more popular in Lithuania, the anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxers yeah. movement. Yeah. sad but it is what it is i mean we're doing something to inform the people and wishing the doctors the patients as well you know talking to the parents mm. yeah this is the skeptics in the pub events we will also do like local events and discussions we also recently thought of this monthly good deeds event so each month one day we do some good deed like we go to an animal shelter Right, and shelter a food bank when we help the people with the food in our know, selection and distribution.
2: that's excellent, and so how do you that's,
1: I love that idea yeah wh- wh- how
2: did you come up with that?
0: Well, one of the members suggested that we do something similar, and I thought, okay, when we are communicating with people and they hear skeptic, they for some reason associate with cynic,
1: yeah, exactly the oh, same yes. in most places, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, so maybe these good deeds will help prove our name that we're not like some bad people and we, you know, want the best for the society and we're here to show it with our work and and deeds and activities.
2: Not a bad idea, I think.
0: Well, yeah, and it's and it's fun. It's also like good team building for us as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're having fun. We're doing something good for the others and then it's fun.
1: Well, I think also the skeptic, atheist, whatever you want to call this movement was uh, often blamed for not having kind of social structures in place and not having as big of an impact as a church for example because when people go to church you already have this pre created social network with all the mm. things attached like helping people you know charities etc and so it's great that you also started that aspect of the skeptical movement you know the social this building social network aspect as well because mm. i think that's a that's a big piece that's missing still
0: so we want to you know prove that prove people are wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great.
2: So you're also lo- then looking out to connect with uh, other skeptic organizations and in fact that's how we got in touch because you reached out. That's that's very good. What do you expect to get out of that and 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 how can skeptics be better to collaborate more across borders do you think?
0: Well, for us the connections would be valuable because we're still uh, young Mm-hmm. I'm 27 at the, and I'm the oldest one in the organization. Yeah, and uh, you know, for <coughs> for for us, some experience to share know-how on how to organize skeptics in the pub events or any kind of other events. Something that you know was successful in other countries. Maybe we could implement those things in here in, in, in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. And what about the general networking of skeptics organizations? I think there, I know there's this European Committee of Skeptical Organizations. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. mm
0: -hmm. We are not part of that uh, group yet. (laughs) Maybe, maybe someday. Yeah. Do something together.
2: I think that's excellent. And uh, I suggested that you come and visit us in the Swedish skeptics on the 18th of April, when we have our annual meeting in Uppsala. So my question to you, of course, is will you be able to make it? (laughs)
0: well we applied for the funding okay i'm not sure when we're gonna get the answer if it's approved then we'll have the fund and then for sure we'll we'll come great
2: let's hope that happens and then we can meet in person that will be great when you talk with anybody today you have to mention the c word and i don't mean cancer treatment i mean coronavirus so we have to know how is the coronavirus a whole business reported in Lithuania and how do people are people panicking
0: people are panicking mm-hmm. i mean to some degree i think it's good that people started to wash their hands i mean more
1: often <laughs> finally it sound, yeah.
0: sounded like they've never done that before but i well, know right <laughs> I still, you still go to public bathrooms and you see like people coming coming out of the toilet and without washing their hands, mm. and you know it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and right now I've noticed that not still not everyone, but more people <laughs> are washing their hands. So well, good job, Corona. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: one good thing but that came out of it that, wow. that's the
2: first time i've heard anybody say that good job corona hmm?
0: yeah. well i'm joking i mean uh, of course, of course it's, it's you know a terrible thing that's happening
2: but lithuania have only had a couple of cases so far right
0: just one and the, the lady is already out from the hospital okay nothing serious is happening here but how it's portrayed in the media it's like everyone should be panicking Hmm. On the media, it's being reported that shelves from the shops are empty. You know, people are buying out of the food, and there's gonna be, you know, a big crisis, some big shortage of food. Hmm. But I go to the shop and I make, I make jokes like, "How are we gonna survive? There's no food here, <laughs> and there's plenty of food. There's, I mean, more than enough."
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, from perspective, so I'm based currently in Washington State, an unfortunate epicenter for the coronavirus in America. And I'd say half of the businesses in Seattle where I'm at are now closed. So we're working from home. We're going to be mm. working from home for the next month.
0: Wow. Like, mm. well. But
1: it's uh, it's a little bit different because I think uh, people here, uh, we've got over 100 cases now and 16 dead. So I think people here are a little bit more. Mm -hmm. concerned (laughs) right but yeah so we had a rush last week where people were buying up all the food it's a field day for everybody in the media because they're just having click heaven you know anything about coronavirus will get you clicks and that's why this this hype is generated and it's like a a self-perpetual model of reporting
0: Mm -hmm. and how is it in sweden
1: Uh,
2: it is um, people are worried but there's no outright panic as of yet.
1: Yeah, hmm. I was saying to Pontus before the recording, people in Sweden are super fit. Nobody died from it. Excellent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a yeah. good country to live
1: in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well. So, Sharon, is there anything else you want to talk about, inform us, tell us about that we haven't mentioned or didn't cover?
0: Well, maybe one last thing. When you were asking about the activities that we're doing, we are also working on media literacy here in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. So there we had one project where we developed a web page, web platform. In Lithuania it's, it's called Artikra. In English it would mean, is it real? Mm-hmm. And we're also recently uh, writing an application for a big media literacy project, uh, which we will gonna be not just teaching the students media literacy, but also the teachers. The past year, I've went to schools to show the website that we created, and we've noticed that a lot of teachers also are lacking, you know, the media literacy schools, and after that, uh, after those trainings, we're also thinking about uh, doing some advocacy work, you know, to get the politicians and decision makers to go all together and, you know, push uh, the changes in the education system so that media literacy, critical thinking, you know, would be part of the curriculum. Yeah.
1: And this is this is to tackle the spread of fake news, or how do you recognize the fake news and yeah, yeah. make that? Yeah.
2: Uh, ec- excellent. I, I know that there are other initiatives like that in, in several other countries. So going back to why one should reach out across borders, I think that's one area where one can learn from other countries.
0: Yeah, so yeah. for this project I just mentioned, we have partners from Norway. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you for
1: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, good. so t- tell us, just tell our listeners where they can find more about Lithuanian Skeptics, uh, wh- what you do, how to follow you.
0: Well, uh, we are most active on Facebook. The Lithuanian name is Associacja Lietuvos Skeptiskas Unimas.
2: That's what I would say, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you write in English, Association Lithuanian Skeptic Youth, you should mm-hmm. also be able to find it. Sure. And are uh, you guys
1: on Twitter at all?
0: No. No, Okay. No. Uh, Instagram, we have the webpage, but it's also in the Twingen. So I think the best way to get in contact and to find us would be through Facebook.
2: Okay. So so if you can send us the links, we will include them in the show notes uh, afterwards. Okay, yeah. Great.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. That's, it sounds like thank you're doing you an you. absolutely amazing job and kind of covering all the fronts.
0: <laughs> yes, very, very uh, inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody's doing so, but someone has to do it. Uh, Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. You Good. can't
1: wait for somebody else to do it, right? Okay. Yeah. We'll keep a close eye and uh, expect more development from Lithuania. If you want us to promote anything on future shows, give us a shout. We'll, we'll always can plug something for you. And uh, all the best.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a nice day. <laughs> you too. Thank you very
1: Cheers. much. Great job.
2: Right, so uh, that was that from Lithuania, and uh, now let's just jump right into the next interview with uh, Turi Munte. We now welcome back Turi Munte, who we had back on the show about a year ago. Turi is the man behind the web resource that is now called Parlia, and it is described as, quote, the encyclopedia of opinion. On Parlia.com, the ultimate goal is to document every single argument for and against all possible opinions. It's a very challenging but very interesting idea. Turi, welcome back to the ESP.
4: Pontus, thank you so much for having me back. I'm thrilled to join your community again.
2: Yes, very good to have you back. So uh, we've asked you back here to see what's new and uh, how the project Parlia is coming along. And for a full background, as I said, we have an episode, it's episode 154 of the show, where people can go back and and listen to our first interview with you. So, but before we go into the new stuff, just to refresh everyone's memory, could you please say a few words on on who you are and why you have created Palia and what the aim is with it?
4: Dantus, thank you. Um, I'm a media entrepreneur, really, and have been building media companies for the last 20 years on and off and investing in them. I'm a mess. My mother is Franco-Jewish. My father is Anglo-Swedish Christian. I was brought up in multiple languages and multiple different places. Uh, and perhaps that's why <laughs> um, I'm so interested in these different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the background uh, on, on me, at least. And on Palia itself, perhaps I give you a quick rush through. Yes, the inception please. of this idea and then where we are today. So if you don't mind me asking you to cast your mind back to 2016, <laughs> um, 2016 was the year we all discovered that political consensus was shattered. Mm. Um, I live in the UK. We had Brexit. Trump, of course, in the US. There was a constitutional referendum in Italy, which blew the country up politically Rodrigo Duterte was elected in the Philippines. Lots of things changed. Mm. And one of the things which struck me in the build-up to the Brexit referendum was, quite quickly, that I'd heard almost all the arguments dozens of times before. And what hit me was that actually this super complicated idea of Brexit, you know, we must have spilt maybe a trillion words in newspapers and on the radio and in podcasts and at the pub talking about Brexit, Actually, you could boil down the reasons that people were going to vote leave or vote remain into three or four arguments each. And it suddenly occurred to me that if you could map something as complicated as Brexit, you could map everything. That in fact, there is a very limited number of arguments and opinions about everything. Mm. There are three or four arguments for and against Brexit there are 3 4 arguments around the issue of abortion around the issues of euthanasia about colonialism even around the reasons that the first world war may have started ah. and suddenly this knowledge project sort of took shape in my mind i imagined an infinite library or not quite infinite library full of all the ideas about all the big issues in one place and so that is where palia was born mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to map all the ideas and all the arguments about everything. We're doing it as a community. So it's like a Wikipedia. We're in search of our earliest members to come and join us, to come and help us understand how we need to do this. And that's precisely why I'm so excited to talk to you and your community of skeptics, because I kind of think yours is the community which is going to be most helpful to us and to whom we can be most helpful to.
2: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope we can contribute. So let's let's see what's what's new with uh, Parli. But the first obvious thing that I notice is that the name has changed. That may not perhaps be the most exciting thing, but well, why did the name
4: change? <laughs> the idea of Parli, um, which was the first name, was linked to this idea of a. And have you seen Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh, they're, yes. They're constantly asking for a parley. They want a parley. They, <laughs> they want to climb on each other's boats and have a parley, which yeah. is a, kind of a negotiated argument. Or maybe it's a fight. I'm not sure. <laughs> In the context of pirates, it may be different. But I love the idea of a parley. A parley is a place of safety where people come without threat, to come and talk each other's ideas through. Mm-hmm. And the, that's very much what um, what we have with this idea of Pali and Palia. The reason we added an a was because we want Palia to be a place. So um, wow. like uh, like Armenia, like Romania, like uh, like Lithuania, I know your previous guest was yeah. Lithuania. Yes. Um, and Palia we want to be the place for Pali, the place where people in calm, dispassionate, descriptive terms argue out the various different positions. Mm -hmm. Not as a debating house, not as a place that people shout at each other, really as a place to just map out the ideas. Let's map these out once and for all, and hopefully we can take the conversation forward.
2: Yeah, but the objective is not to reach the conclusion of of each opinion here. It's, It's to just document all the different arguments for and against. Is that correct?
4: So, in the case of open arguments, open questions, we want to describe all the world's ideas there. Mm. In the case of questions where there really is an answer, we do want to help people get to that answer. Uh-huh. So, mm. is the Earth flat? A question that I'm sure is still very much open for your listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes, at least are, we've heard that there is an argument about it. Yes, I mean exactly. So it turns out that you know, Parlier's aim is to cover and map all the opinions around this. It turns out there is, a, there is a peculiar group of people that genuinely do think that there's a giant conspiracy around the Earth's hmm. uh, spherical nature. But in this particular case, we want to map those ar- ideas and arguments, but we also want to flag that they're not true. Hmm. So, okay. And that's, I think, a critically important responsibility of ours In the case of the Earth's flatness, there is not too much damage done by these bad ideas floating around. But in the case of anti-vaxxers, for example, Mm. or the case of questions around what happened during the Holocaust, for example, there are so many issues where getting the answer right is absolutely fundamental, and we want to be doing that. We're not relativists. We're trying to describe the landscape of opinion, and in those cases where there is a right answer, we want to flag it.
2: Yeah, and and. Just a side note about these conspiracy theories. Some conspiracy theories are rather harmless, but they also are sort of contagious. Or if you believe in one conspiracy theory, it seems that you're very likely to believe in also the dangerous ones. So I think all the conspiracy theories should be debunked or, or at least described and, and say, okay, this is what we know and this is fake.
4: Oh, completely. We, exa- we, we, we do, do exactly that. We just actually did a map. On all the conspiracy theories associated with the coronavirus, ah, so you should go to parlia.com and search for coronavirus, and you will see all the work that we've been doing around the coronavirus um, is there. So yes, you're completely right. There is a deep contagion with it's it's almost it's almost a conceptual. Once you've made that conspiratorial leap, you're on the other side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and everything suddenly becomes much more fluid and in many cases dangerous.
2: Okay, so what has happened to the website as such uh, during this last year? I assume that you have developed it further and maybe there are some new functionalities and stuff?
4: Yes, exactly. Um, But Pontus, that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. So last time we spoke, we had just got a grant or we just finished up a grant from Google, um, which had allowed us to build out the platform. And over the course of the last year, what I've been doing has been raising a little bit of money to be able to take it to the next stage. And we have done that. So we have now got some financing from Bloomberg Beta, which is one of the top venture capital firms in Silicon Valley. We've got a tiny amount of money, but it's given us the wherewithal to bring on a little team and to actually start improving hmm, um, the technical capacities of what we're doing here. So in concrete terms, we've moved since I last spoke to you from, I think we probably had 20 question maps on the platform. We now have 190 We probably had 50 people on the platform. We now have 500. And our big focus now is we need to find our earliest community, our community of of, of people who are excited by the idea of mapping the world's ideas, to bring them into the community now, to have them sign up onto palia.com so that we can take their advice about how we build The internal tools, how do we make it most useful for your listeners? How do we make it most useful for the world? We're right at the beginning, we're setting up communication channels, we don't know whether to do it on WhatsApp for us little groups of editors or to do it on Slack, we don't know whether to do it on Reddit. Those are all questions that we need input from your your members and your listeners. We are trying to build out little groups of experts. So if you happen to be an expert on the thinking around flat earthers and how Mm -hmm. to debunk those ideas, we want to put you together with other people so that we can best map out that piece. If you're a historian and you know about key areas of medieval history or 20th century current affairs, we want to put you with people like you to help map out, to help cover all these various different topics that we have on Palia. Yeah.
2: There's quite a few uh, topics to cover, I think, if you want to cover basically everything. So how many how many of these experts do you imagine that you will need to get it really going?
4: Great question. We need experts. We need people who know their subjects, but really we need people who know how to think, know how to argue, and are interested in articulating their ideas on a platform which we hope will last forever. So we're looking for debaters, but debaters, they speak in a moment of time. We're looking for for rationalists, we're looking for philosophers, and also experts in, in football, experts in basket weaving, experts in areas of interest that we want to cover. And I don't know what the answer is. I think that if we're able to find a few hundred people who are committed to helping us map out some of these areas on Palia, we will have the beginnings of a community and we'll then be able to grow it from there. The reason that it's exciting now is that our first few community members um, have a massive chance to shape the platform. And in this instance, I have I have a huge opportunity of spending really proper time with individuals to help us understand how we should be building it out.
2: Mm. So do you have people with you or closer, paid or not, but closer to the actual company to uh, moderate things? Because you could see that some people would want to go in and, and just spam you with nonsense things like apple pie is better than pink footballs or uh, things like that. <laughs> that, 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 that there's pl- clearly no point in, in debating.
4: Yeah. So we, what we want to do is build up a network of volunteer moderators You know, in much the same way that Reddit works or Wikipedia works. Hmm. We want to set up a structure for, for the community to moderate itself because that's the fairest and it's the most efficient, but I think mostly because it's the fairest. So I need all the input that I can get right now from our early community members about how best to build a moderation system, how best to build a conversation systems, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we're looking at now.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of skeptics I know engaged in uh, Wikipedia editing. And I think that some of those people would be, perfect if they want to help you as well, because they know how that works and how to handle a big community of people. And you you know, on on Wikipedia, there are sometimes attacks where people try to just trash a wiki page, and uh, they have rules on how to
4: stop that from happening. So we're trying to develop similar rules, but the people that you're describing are really the people that I most want to talk to. Mm. Um, and, and and sort of bring them into the discussion phase as to how we build this out, and we're really early days. We've got a bunch of ideas, but we want to test it out, and we want to we want to find our heroes. <laughs> yes, yes, right.
2: So describe again, because you said you had a, a hundred and twenty nine. What did you call that? A hundred or something?
4: In terms of maps, I think maps. Yeah.
2: Yes, maps. Yeah. That's the
4: word. So we got we got we, oh we, let's call them questions. So we've we've looked at a. About 190 questions. 190, Um, yeah. So everything from, I'm just looking down my list now. Should schools be able to ban books? Mm -hmm. Um, Why does London have so many mice? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Should we have under God in the US Pledge of Allegiance?
2: So what's the structure under each of those questions?
4: Great, great question. Thank you, Pontus. So we spent a long time optimizing this and trying to work out how best to produce a map of the landscape of opinion on a given subject. And the taxonomy is very, very simple. We have a question, does God exist? We then have positions. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. You can't know. And below those positions, we have arguments in support of them. So Yes, he does because Pascal and Saint Anselm proved that he exists. Yes, he does because I saw him in my garden. Yes, he does because the Bible says so and the Bible is true, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et so, question, position, and then arguments in support of that position. Yeah. And what we, the reason that I'm that we've done it this way is, I'm trying to provide an instant snapshot of all the ideas and opinions on a given subject, on a page. So there's not vast amounts of crawling around the internet to cobble these things together. You ask, should hate speech be illegal? And on a single page, you'll see the three positions around it and the most important arguments in favor of those positions in a snapshot. You've got it there. Hmm. And my objective here is really to help us all not just understand other people and other people's ideas, but critically also to understand our own thinking, our, the ways in which we app- apprehend the world. You know, there's a, I spent the last 20 years looking at media and media companies and the media ecosystem, and many people would categorize the age that we are in today as an age of information surplus. Mm. There's too much information floating around. There is far too much news. We find it extremely difficult to sift through all of it. And actually what that does, when you're, when, you're, when you're faced with a massive number of competing narratives around a given topic, it destabilizes your sense of reality. It destabilizes your sense of yourself as a conscious, rational being in the world. It makes us all insecure about sort of the epistemological foundations upon which we build our lives. And I think what I'm trying to do with Palia is to build a platform to help us identify who it is that we are, what it is that we think, how it is that we feel. And then the second part of what we're trying to do, of course, is once you've figured out what it is that you think and what it is that you feel and how you position yourself in the world is to try and make sure we can all understand at least the sincerity of the positions which run counter to our own.
2: Yeah. It's it's interesting. you, You mentioned 2016 before as a year that things changed. I'm old enough to remember when the... The wall fell, and uh, oh, I so too. We, yeah, you, some of our listeners are not. let's remember <laughs> that, but I am, and you are maybe, and I had a very positive feeling at about information at the time, and a little later about internet, and said, nobody's going to be able to conceal any true information anymore because it's going to flow across borders, and we will live in a better world in twenty sixteen, if I hadn't realized it before, I realized that more information or more so-called facts or opinions that people can spread doesn't always consist a good thing
4: so uh, i couldn't agree more with you and i have a little um, a metaphor in my head for this you know i spent 10 years as a middle east political analyst as a journalist i went to iraq in 2003 as a war correspondent etc so i spent a long time in the middle east and the middle east as you know is not famous for its freedom of speech. (laughs) (laughs) And so pretty much every country across the Arab Middle East has got very, with varying degrees, but has got pretty strict laws around the press. Um, The worst is probably Saudi Arabia, but nobody's particularly good. Mm. And then amongst all these Middle Eastern countries which don't have any freedom of press, you have Lebanon. And Lebanon has the opposite. It has so much freedom of the press it has no responsibility. Every political party, every little political party has their own newspaper. Many of them have their own TV channels. They have their own paid journalists. The entire media ecosystem in Lebanon is a bunch of different interests screaming at each other with alternative narratives around what's true. Yeah. it's There's no libel laws. It's impossible to take anybody to court over lies. Everybody's got their spin. There's no press regulator to check on fact, whether facts have been reported or whether any attempt at, at uh, reporting the fact had been made. <laughs> no, that's right. And in a sense, I think of it as this very weird, this weird thing With yes, freedom of speech is wonderful. And if you're comparing it to, say, Saudi Arabia, then it's absolutely fundamental that we break open these silos and allow all this conversation to take place. But you can end up in a place where reality is so very contested because there is no oversight about the way that it is being rendered. And I think of us now as living in an ecosystem, a media ecosystem, which looks like Lebanon. I think we're all Lebanon today.
2: All right. So so in, to avoid the world or to fight the world becoming one big Lebanon where everything is up for grabs and you don't know, you can't tell truth from lie. How exactly, practically, will Parlia
4: help? <laughs> Thank you for asking.
2: Well, it's just a small task, right? Just really. save the world.
4: Exactly. It just mm-hmm. save the world. Yeah. So... Um, one, we need a community of brilliant people who care about truth, who care about opinion, and who care about understanding the way the world works to join us to help craft this platform. That's the first thing. I can't do this alone. We need volunteers. We need our earliest community to come and support us. With that community, what we want to do is to start answering all the questions which divide us and to start answering all the questions where there's where there's a contestation of truth. So we want to be answering questions which, there, in a sense is no answer, Um, should foreign residents, I'm again looking down my my list of questions, should foreign residents be eligible to vote in US elections, for example, there are positions on either side, that is not a question of truth or lie. We want to be covering questions that divide us, and we want to be covering the questions which should not divide us because there's an answer. The way we're going to do this is by making sure that Google understands that we are the most impartial, civil, and objective place to come when you ask an open-ended question. So today, if you ask, does God exist on Google, Google may send you to Wikipedia, the existence of God page, but otherwise, it doesn't really know whether to send you to the National Catholic Association or the National Humanist Association or the National Orthodox Jewish Association. We think we can be the answer to that question. We think that whenever anybody asks an open-ended question on Google, Palia should be there to supply the answer in a way which is impartial, civil, descriptive, and accurate. And if we are able to do that, if we're able to fill this, I think, big, big hole in the media landscape, then our hope is that we are a very, very, very large platform for people. Mm. We, are, we hope that we become a, you know, one of the top 100 sites in the world. Um,
2: it's certainly a very ambitious idea and uh, of course I hope that this will take off and uh, I urge all listeners who are interested in this to go in and do it and if someone wants to go in but they may not have a particular topic in mind is there a list or a priority list and say this is a question we would like people to map
4: oh I mean Pontus thank you Uh, yes there absolutely is so if there's no particular issue that you have come on into Palia parli and you'll see at the top of the page a list of to-dos. You'll see a list of, of the, you know, the questions that are too short, the positions which don't have enough descriptions there, the questions which don't have pictures, the arguments which don't have premises, etc. <laughs> yeah. So what I urge and ask your listeners is come to Palia.com. If it's interesting, please sign up. Please play around a little bit. And most importantly, if you're moved to, please be in touch in touch with me directly, my email is turi, T-U-R-I, at palia.com. I would love to hear from you, mm. uh, whether it's with criticism, which is wonderful, or with suggestions, which is even better.
2: Yeah. Now, we will definitely put that in the, in the show notes as well. So you will be... Thank you. <laughs> you. will receive thousands of emails, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you have to summarize your message to our listeners in a sentence or two, what would that be?
4: Two sentences. One, we're trying to build an encyclopedia of all opinions about everything, which we have to do with you guys. We need a community. We need our friends to help us. And two, we're doing that because we think it's critically important to be able to listen to all the various different positions on any issue, even if the point of listening is to then defeat them.
2: Yeah. And of course, the place to go to find out more is Parlia.com. here, you can also, are also free to send Turi uh, uh, an email, and he'll love to be spammed by all of us. Uh, are there any other resources or anything else you'd like to plug before we go?
4: No, uh, what I please be in touch again, turi at palia.com. I want all your suggestions, all your criticism. We're just building out all our tools now, and so the feedback that we get from you is going to be fundamental to the way this platform grows.
2: All right. Thank you very much for coming on the ESP. Uh, Turi Munte. Thanks a lot.
4: Pontus, thank you again for having me. It was a great pleasure to talk as always. Thank you. Take care.
2: Cheers. Bye bye.
1: All righty. So great, uh, great show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we both did. Mm-hmm. And um, until next week, paka paka.
2: Hey, do.
1: An independent weekly show in support of European level. <laughs> <laughs> Strangle the cat and uh,
0: we're we'll starting. Come here, sweetie. Again. Come sweetie. here, baby. Sweetie.
1: Don't, don't, don't fucking shout like a bastard.
0: Mm. Okay. Um. The real ESP experience. Okay, the second one. After the second one. Was just, uh... <laughs> no,
1: it's fine. It's very great. good. Thank you. Uh, very good. Very good. <laughs>
2: I think I understand it and I'm not very smart, so I think And I understand
4: it and I'm not very smart, which means we're
2: okay. (laughs) Very good.